Hey guys, welcome to another podcast. My name's Kit. We got a special guest with us. This is Chris Cousset. Uh Chris is a good friend of mine. Lived here next next to the Neckroot Ranch for <laughs> years. Years. You've been here for how long? 30. 31. 31 years. And you know what? We've become really good friends. And uh, Chris is actually, you know, I talk about my kids on the podcast all the time because they're an important part of my life. And, and, uh, Chris knows my kids really well, and today's going to be exciting because Chris is a he's a survivor, man, and he's a good dude. And uh, he has an interesting story, and you're not going to want to miss this. Um, And so, Chris, I appreciate you coming on and being willing to talk about something that's difficult and 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 challenging in your life, and and but yet such a positive thing. And I look up to you for the way um, you handle some of those challenges in your life. And and we talk a lot about that on the podcast and how do we overcome this and, and just to have someone here, and I'm going to let you share with the listeners, you know, what that is and, and how much of that you want to share is, is up to you. And, and, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be rewarding and it's going to be worth talking about. So um, anyways, you spent a lot of time with my kids. Matter of fact, Chris is uh you, you taught uh, my oldest how to surf, yep. right? Yep. Chris is one of those, uh, he, he likes right. a good wave. I do. Right. I'm, I'm a water snob. I love a good wave. Yep. And I built a boat that made a good wave. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yep. And then it's the funny thing is, is I love to water ski, and we don't want a good wave, right? Oh, and so I flat. had a competition ski boat. You had the surf boat. We had the best of both worlds there for a little bit until it was kind of funny though. I remember one of the one of the times we were in um, Flaming Gorge, yeah, and trying to get uh, Kyler. You know, he was he liked surfing. He yeah. figured that out, and that was good times. And you pulled by in your boat and says, "Come on over." He's like, "No, nope. no, Dad, I'm good on this boat. I like yeah. this stuff." So that yeah. was kind of funny. He was like, "No, dude." <laughs> No, you yeah. can go wash his boat, but you want to get That's in. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So, in anyways, not only is Chris a good friend, but um, it takes a village to raise good kids, and, uh, and Chris was right there, man. So, I, yeah, yeah, Heck yeah, and that's that, that. That that is a key in life. I really think is the ability that we have to be able to cross pollinate and influence other people for good. That that's what I'm all about. Yeah, and. That's not always easy, and it's not always receptive or received by people. But I'm going to say you raised your kids right, and their ears were perked up. And, yeah, there were times that I was able to help out, and there's other times that I was amazed as I stood back and watched. They were good kids. I appreciate it. It, It's cool. Um, And so that's why Chris and I have been good friends for a long time. And and um, well, the first time we met was we were thrown in a tent together one night. Yep. You know, you crawled in. It was like this big tent. Like, who the heck are you? And who the heck are you? And we spent a we good did. two, three hours talking about each other. Yeah. It wasn't about what we had or what we did or any of that stuff. And I remember when we got done at the end of that or a day or two later, you said to me, you know more about me then I can think of that I've told people about me in the last 20 years of my life. Yeah, I'm pretty private. And it was, it, was, and it was because I was interested in you. I didn't care about what you had. I didn't care about, you know, it was about who is this guy? Yeah. What makes him tick? What is it that 
gets him up in the morning, what it is that, you know, he wears himself out in the day with. Yeah. And we had a good time talking about that. We're, there was some interesting things that you shared about me that, or you shared with me because of some of the things that I shared with you and yeah. how simple things that I had no idea impacted your life in a way that yeah. you made a change with yeah. certain things that night. It was yeah. like, nope, nope. Yep. And you know what? That's, uh, that's, you bring up a really good point. You have no idea how you can impact someone's life. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, we're friends. And so I told you later, uh, you know, that it was something that you said that impacted my life and changed it right then and there. And it was just, I needed that kick to, to make that change. And so, um, but you had no idea until no. I told you. No. Right. And so that's, mm. that's one of the things why I think we have to remember is, you have no idea who's watching, and you have no idea um, how important it is to, to to live your life or to do the things like everybody is watching. Because the truth is, they are mm-hmm. right, and and you have an impact. And I, I think about it all the time. It's just like we're just two ordinary guys, right? And God loves ordinary guys. You know why He loves ordinary? You know how I know that? Because there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. right? But the ordinary can do the extraordinary, and 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 I think that's why. Um, why it's so awesome and so there's something in my opinion that you've done that's extraordinary and there's a lot of things you've done that's extraordinary and i think we all have but um i would like you know if you could take the opportunity to share when you got cancer i mean chris is a cancer survivor and it's not just cancer that he survived it was just all of it that goes with it right and still dealing with it you had surgery what, two months ago? Three months ago, yeah. Three months ago. And as you sit here today, I mean, I know. Yeah, I got a feeding tube still in me. They took, well, we'll talk, I'll, I'll go yeah. into that in detail. But yeah, I ended up taking bone and tissue and blood vessel that supported that bone and tissue in my leg. And replaced four inches of my jaw bone that was killed in my cancer treatment. Yeah. And then cut me from ear to ear to tie everything into carotid artery on this side. I mean, they peeled your face off. Yeah, it, basically just peeled everything up and over. I mean, I open up my camera and show you pictures. But. Oh, no, we're going to post it. We're going to give the viewers <laughs> the real go. look, man. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I guess I'll start with that then. I I, I, I was raised by a white-collar guy. I was taught all my life, get a good job, go to college, get a good job, and everything will work out. And I had followed that course for a long time in my life <clears throat> and then one thing led to another i was doing everything that i was supposed to do and you know i get let go from one company so i just got you guys i just got you a business turned around and got it sold it helped you out and now you're letting me go well that isn't part of the game you told me that no matter what happens i'll always have a job if i can help you out well so one thing is another my wife says to me Try some other things. So I have a guy who comes by my house and says, here, try this out. It was financial services. I worked part-time for a couple of years doing it. I found a job because, you know, I have four kids at the time, a wife at home, a mortgage, all that kind of stuff. So you can't do it on a, you know, a, an, a, on an income that is commission only. Right. You know, you can't believe that. Really? Should I pull that off? Yeah. So, you know, I crawled back to the job and, and did all of that type of stuff. And one day my wife says to me, when are you going to stop working so hard for everybody else and work that hard for our family? I'm going, what do you mean? I have a full-time job and a part-time job. I'm doing all this. She says, dude, you don't get it. 
every day you spend your job, you're helping those people build a business, but you have no equity in that business. When you're done, you're done. There's no additional money. She says, you've been making a couple of grand a month, part-time, give it a shot. Go do it. Because if it doesn't work out, you can always crawl back and get another job. Right. Well, I'm terrified, right? So I'm all in, and that's the way I play my life. I, yeah. I was a great athlete in high school, great athlete in college. I always did everything all the way. It ain't about just dipping your toe in. Right. Well, I would do that because I hate cold water, right? But, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, there ain't getting no funds happening until you get wet, right? right. So, so I quit my job, and the people are like, "Are you nuts?" Yep. <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? I'm not sticking around here too. So I'm gone. And I quit in the the beginning of November. Terrible time to be doing a sales job, right? Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to see you during the holidays. So I'm working my guts out the best as I can. Well, yes, things worked out. I worked hard enough. I started my business, opened a couple of different additional offices. Things were going well. Well, <clears throat> I'm Mach 4 with my hair on fire, everything working out. One day I'm at a dentist's office, and I says, you know, i got this funny little bump on the side of my neck. What do you think that is? He says, I don't know, but I don't feel like it should be there. You know, go see somebody. So I happen to find a doctor right around the corner from my office. I go see him. He knows right off the bat it's cancer, but he won't tell me. Right. He says, you need to go get the scan done. We'll see what we can do. The scan comes back. They say it's a cyst. Don't worry about it. The doctor goes, uh, can I take this to a friend of mine? He's kind of, you don't want to just, you know, something that could be serious. Let's get a second opinion. He knew what it was, but the people read it wrong. And so he went and saw this guy and the guy says, hey, yeah, take a look at this tonsil. There's something up. Go get a biopsy. Does a biopsy, comes back, says, yeah, you got throat cancer. Wow. And I'm not a tobacco alcohol user. That's the squamous or cancer of the tonsil is what it ended up being. Well, they said you're not a tobacco user, you're not a cancer, you're not an alcohol user, should be no problem. You know, we got an 80% chance we'll zap you with radiation and you should be good, no problem. Well, <clears throat> I go through these radiation treatments and oh my gosh, I lose 50 pounds in three months. I go from 210 to about 165. I heard it's brutal. Yeah, it's, I mean, you, I mean, you can't eat, you can't, nothing tastes good. It's like doing a chemical burn inside your mouth. But 80% chance it'll go away. So I'm like, heck yeah, let's go for it and do it. So everything's great, doing wonderful, you know, starting to get energy back, things are good. A year and a half later, I go see a doctor, they do another scan, it's back. And now it's pissed. So it's back with a vengeance. It's back with a vengeance, and it's it's wrapped around a, a nerve in my neck and all kinds of stuff. So they go and they do what's called a neck dissection. Basically, they open up your neck and take everything out of it that cancer would like to live in. Right. <clears throat> and then they do radiation and chemotherapy. Again. Yeah, again. And so, I mean, in radiation, it's five weeks. No, it's six weeks, five days a week. Yes. And chemotherapy is one day a week, four hours, and they're dumping this stuff in you that's literally poison. Right. Trying to kill everything but you. Right. And it's... <clears throat> It, it just, so, so I go through this again. Yeah, I lose another 40 pounds. I'm, you know, I look like a 
Holocaust survivor. I'm in bad way. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a healthy guy. I'm in my early, my late 40s, early 50s at that time because of the second time around. And <clears throat> we're going through the process. Everything's working out, getting better. And they do a baseline scan. And just to see where things are at. Okay, it's been six months since your last, since your radiation treatment. Let's just kind of take a look at where things are at. So we'll know to, to compare things in the future. And I get it. <clears throat> and I, the same doctor that diagnosed my cancer, did the neck dissection, has been the one that's been all the way through telling me and become a good friend through this process. He says, you get the results in that scan. I says, no, I haven't. He says, well, I'll make a phone call. I'll give you a call back. So... A couple hours later in my office, he calls me back and goes, Hey, man, I don't have good news. It's back, and it's in a bad way back. He says, I will um, schedule an appointment with this specialist because you need to go see this guy. And I'm like thinking, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Are you kidding me? Because at this point, they can't radiate me again. I've been right. radiated twice. It's all that stuff's off the deck. You know, it's just no. And so <clears throat> about, well, let's get a little religious here for a minute. For so, sure. So I have, I'm a, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I believe in God. I believe in Christ. I believe, yeah, and all that stuff. And that's a whole other podcast. Right. Well, I believe that because in my life, there ain't a better way to live. Right. And in these days, way to live, it ain't simple. A lot of people think you're crazy because I do, but there ain't a better way to live. Right. And if and when it's all said and done and it's just a dirt nap and there ain't no truth to it, still not a better way to live. Yeah. So <clears throat> I got a blessing from a bishop and a son that just came home from a mission one shooting ready to go on a mission. And <clears throat> they take another high-res scan at this point to really take a look at what they're going to do because— the only thing they can do is cut my tongue out. That was the solution? That was the solution because the cancer had come back in my tongue. It was an inch and a half wide, a half inch thick. Tongue was coming out. And I'm like, mm, mm -mm. I don't know. I can't be that guy drooling in the corner and not be able to talk, you know. Right. Um, no, no. But it's either that or die, right? Right. Or... Or have this thing take over and you become the headless horseman because cancer takes over your whole body that way. Right. So I'm like, no. Um, but the doctors are saying, hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. So I get this blessing and they do these hybrid scans. They do this hybrid scan on a Thursday. And on Friday night, I'm sitting at my daughter's softball game. <clears throat> my phone rings just 730 at night. It's my oncologist, Mr. Crusade. I just needed to give you a call. I don't know what to tell you. I haven't seen the scans. I've just read the reports. And she's going on like this and on and on. And I'm like, going, holy crap. Must be bad. I just got blindsided here two weeks ago, and now she's calling me, telling me something's worse. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she's like, I just don't know what to tell you, but it's gone. Really? It's gone. It's gone. She says, well, I'm calling to wish you a happy Father's Day because it's Father's Day weekend. And she says, I hope you have a great weekend, but you need to go see the specialist on they Tuesday. Were, they were scheduled to take your tongue out. Yeah. And, and it's like something's up. 
Well, I go see the specialist. He puts his hands up on the wall. This one, here it is. This one is gone. This one is there. This one is gone. He says, I don't know what to tell you. It could have been this, could have been that, could have been that. You know, they can't they can't really say what it is, but it's gone. Right. It's gone. I'm like, wow, that's a trip. Well, a couple months later, I see this doctor, that the one that did my nut dissection, but all the way through it, and he says, I can tell you what it was. He says, I can't publish it in a medical journal, but that was a miracle. That's awesome. He says, that was a miracle. This is... No full-blown doctor. This isn't some woo-woo dude. Right. Full-blown doctor. Yeah. It's gone. That saw the that saw the result. Yep. And so, you know, I go back to live my life, mock forward, my hair on fire, trying to get my business going, all that kind of stuff. And just working all my life to try to make everything happy, right? Right. Chasing whatever I can to think that's gonna work out. Well, so here we are. Two years, about a year and a half ago, have a doctor poking in my mouth going, man, you got some exposed bone in your mouth. This is kind of weird and crazy. What's going on with that? You need to go see a guy so he can tell you what's up with that. I'm like, well, that's weird. Go see the doctor. And then one doctor goes, yeah, you've got what's called osteoradionecrosis. And it's, it's the killing of the bone in the field of the radiation. So I've got dead bone in my jaw that the tissue is moving away from because it can't get any support from that bone. Bone. So it's like, I'm out of here because I can't do it. Well, I go and see one doctor, and he tells me to go see another doctor that then ends up telling me to go see an oral surgeon. So what was the time period from the last treatment? Um, oh, my last cancer treatment, almost 10 years. So it was 10 years. Almost 10 years, and usually osteoradionecrosis shows up with anywhere from three to five years. It's, so you, it's, it, I, hey, I'm beyond the mark by You thought times. you were good. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was good. Everything's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, here it is. It's back. So I see this. I see the... Oral surgeon, he says, oh, yeah, no problem. We can take care of that. We'll just get you in some hyperbaric oxygen treatment. We'll get your body all revved up, get everything good, and then we'll go in and we'll just grind away the dead bone. Well, about three-fourths of the way through those treatments, he's like, uh, this is like a way bigger deal than I'm licensed to take care of. This is like through and through. This ain't just grind away some dead bone. This is like the bone's dead. The bone's dead. And uh, um, you need to see some like really big time specialist to see right. this. So I'm looking around for one of these big time specialists. There's only four guys in the state that even try doing it. I mean, and that's the way they describe it. We try to do it. Right. Um, that's scary. And, and that's yeah. scary by itself. And and one of them, you know, and, and one of the surgeons says to me, "Yeah, really, that they're crazy enough to try it." I mean, literally, to take some part out of another part of the body, it's not just sticking something there. It's all of the supportive blood vessels that keep that that piece of bone alive that they're putting there and making it all work because this has been so radiated. Yeah. It's like wood, right? It's yeah, your, crazy. your neck is like well, so it's nuts. It's like nuts, leather. Yeah, yeah. So 
long story short, I'm, I'm able to finally get to see this surgeon that does this stuff after three months of waiting to see him because he's so busy. And he comes in the, the office and goes, well, the good news is, is this. You have no reoccurring cancer. You're cured. He says, none. You're, you're, you're good. Bad news is, he says, I've been doing this more than 20 years, and I've never seen anybody radiated as heavily as you. Wow. Never. Yeah. I mean, the surgery that he's done, he usually does it to people that have never had radiation or only one dose. Right. I had two. So he's like, yeah, dude, you're, this is, this is uncharted territory. Right. But a <clears throat> long story short, over another month and a half, two months to finally get in the hospital. I mean, I got stuff just dripping out of my face because I got dead bone that's, my body's attacking. I mean, it's just, I'm a mess. But, you know, you just go on with life, right? You keep an upper chin, you get life good, but. I remember we went boating yeah. before your surgery yeah. and, and was, it was bleeding. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, are you cool to jump in the dirty water with that? And you know what? I, I knew yeah. better. I knew better than to ask. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's just the body needed to find a way to get that infection out. And that's the way it was doing it. And the body was attacking the dead bone because it didn't want it there. And as it's attacked, it, what's it going to do with it? It's got to find a way out. Well, it found a way out. So it was that's, com- yeah, it that's was coming out. It's coming out. So <clears throat> I ended up going through the surgery, which is kind of crazy. Two surgeons for 10 hours. It wasn't just a simple little in and out, we'll take care of. I was in ICU for <clears throat> for a week because they had what they call a Doppler on the bone that they took out of my leg, put in my mouth. They basically had a microphone on the blood vessel to make sure the blood was flowing. Because so, if the blood stopped flowing, within two hours the bone would start to die. Wow. And you got two bones in your body that would handle that, right? They right. Don't, where else are they going to pull this from? So they did that. And so I wake up with a tracheostomy, tube coming out of my nose, catheter in the wiener, right? Yep. <laughs> Laying there like, holy crap, now what's going on? And my face swollen up like a basketball. Oh, yeah. What do you do, Right. I got the doctor that walks in, you know, my lady's in a boot. Day after my surgery, she says, okay, the boot's coming off. And instead of walking around the hall three times, I want you walking around the hall six times. So what do you do? You do it six times? You do it six times. She goes, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And after a day and a half, I'm like, well, this walker is freaking in my way. I want out of this walker. So throw the walker off to the side. Now the Get rid of the walker. Could you talk at this point? No, I'm I'm writing on one of those little boards, like a little dry erase board, communicating with the nurses. Wow. Yeah, it's like, how That's else do you do it? Too. Tracheotomy, you can't talk. It's yeah. you know, a hole in your throat. And the reason why they put that in is they were so worried the swelling would be so big that it would shut down my breathing tube. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. So <clears throat> all the process, long story, I'm just working at it. I did what I I had to do, you know? Yeah, it'd be easier to lay there with a catheter in and doing nothing, right? Right. Or you get up and say, no, get that out of there, and I'll go pee instead of peeing in a bedpan. No, I don't need that. No, I'm getting up, yeah, to 
undo these tubes, undo these tubes, undo all of that tubes, just so I can go 10 steps into the bathroom. Do you need help? No, I'll get there, right? Yeah. It's, I had to get up and move. I had to do that. And that was the one thing that the doctor said. Everything's better with movement. Yeah. Your medications work better. You heal faster. Everything's better with movement. Get up, do something. Yep. So I up and did my stuff. Got up and did it. And <clears throat> it, a couple of days later, they pull the tracheostomy out and put a smaller one in. You know, and there's part of my neck that doesn't feel nothing because of all the radiation damage over time and hitting the nerve and stuff. And the doctor's snipping on things on that side with no Novocaine, and she starts snipping on this side. So it's like, oh, crap. I can feel that. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, you'd be all right, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll be done with this in just a minute. Yeah. But it's, it's what you're able to go through. What are you going to put? You know, it just was that way. And so... Yeah, I was getting ready to leave the hospital on uh, the night before I left, and there was a gal that was talking to me about nutrition because I got to feed myself through a feeding tube for two months, right? Right. I mean, no more of this eating stuff. My mouth don't work, and they don't want anything in my mouth because all the stuff they put in there. Right. They don't want me messing with anything. I'm not even drinking water. It's like everything is going everything, through the feeding everything, tube. Everything's going through a feeding tube. Wow. Yeah, they wanted me to brush my teeth. And that was all. Don't, nothing else in your mouth. No, don't rinse it. I mean, no, done. So, mm. it, yeah, it's such an experience for sure. Um, so she's talking to me about that, and she looks at me for a minute and stops and goes, you know, I see a lot of this doctor's appointment, a lot of his patients coming and go through here. She says, but I can't remember a time seeing somebody looking as good as you do at leaving. And you, did you feel like you look good? <laughs> no, man, my face was a freaking watermelon. I, and, you know, a tube hanging out my nose. Yeah. And, I mean, I had so much swelling on my thumb with I couldn't talk very well. Yeah. It was just, I was a mess. But, you know, I felt good because I did everything that I could do. I right. was giving it, I was giving it what I could and doing what the doctor said to do. <clears throat> the next day, I have another nurse that says to me, had this one nurse in the room too. So these two nurses were in there, one that just barely came in that day. And she says, I'm going to have to have the same thing done. They have to cut me from ear to ear. I got six tumors in my throat. They got to pull out. She says, You look so good. I've seen so many guys coming and going out of here. She says, This is amazing. What is the supplements? What is it you eat? What is it you do that you're doing so well? Yeah. <clears throat> and the one nurse says, It's his attitude. This guy didn't whine or complain about nothing. He had some doctor poking and pushing on him, clipping his throat. He didn't say nothing. When the doctor says, do three laps, he did three laps. When the other doctor said, now do six laps, he got up and did six laps. And he got to the point where he was, the physical therapist was saying, I don't have to go with him anymore because he's good. Wow. Just because. Attitude is everything. It. You know, that's such a cliche, but it is. It is. It is. It really is. I mean, you know, I, there are so many times it had been so much easier to suck my thumb and lay in a closet in a fetal position and feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And I did that at and times. And no one would blame you for it. No. And I did that at times. Yeah. But after a while, you know, my thumb gets sore and I'm going, <laughs> this ain't getting any better. Get up. Do something. Yeah. Was it a fight? Did you, I you mean, know, the, that's the craziest thing. What's a fight? 
It's all perspective. It is. You know what? Yeah, I fought, but it wasn't like me and you fighting. Right. It was more of a attitude fight. Right. Of how am I gonna? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna deal with this? Is it? And it was probably harder on my wife and family than it was on me. I'm a winner. Yeah. I'm gonna win. I'm coming out on top. And if you think you got one, that's what you joke around with me at sometimes. You said to me, if you saw me in a monster fighting, you'd probably <laughs> stop and try to help out the monster. <laughs> and it is a frame of mind. It really is. Yeah. You're right. So, you know, I, this gal said it's his attitude. <clears throat> and I says, you know, it's a little bit more than that. I says, it's two things that, that have got me through this. I says, one... I believe in God, yeah, and I believe that he loves me. And as a result of that, whatever's going on here, this is a good thing. I don't know what it is, and that's not an easy attitude just to take because i got people that say, how can you look at it that way? Come on, Pollyanna, let's go, right? Right. You tell me a better way to look at it. You tell me a better way to look at it. It's true, but... Think about it when, um, I mean, they will challenge you on that. But in the very beginning, when you got throat cancer and you didn't do anything, take any other substance or you didn't chew tobacco, you didn't do these things, you were doing the things. Was there ever a time when you felt like, yeah, why me? Right. I'm not doing any of these things. I know where you've you've ended up, but like during the process, how did Heck you yeah. process that? Heck yeah, it was feeling sorry for myself, but I was there, right? It's like, this is reality. I mean, it's not, well, if I'd have, well, if, uh, what if I, to figure out why I got it was the booby prize. Right. right? It don't matter. Because you got it. Right? It's the booby prize. I'm wasting my time. It's, my wife would be pissed at me for saying this. Mental masturbation at that point. Well, it is. Right? You're just playing with yourself. There's just, yeah. it, ain't, it ain't helping nothing. So, yeah. Was it hard? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. But, you know, so going back to that. God loves me. And I said to my youngest daughter, I said, you know, if all of this going on with this is that people pray more because they're praying for me, I says that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing, and that's what I said. The second thing was, is I said, you know, I got well over two, three hundred people throughout the world praying for me, and I said, you got that many people banging on God's door, something's happening. Yep, something's gonna happen. So you know, that's where I'm at, and here I am. And yeah, they took a feeding tube out of my nose and had to put a feeding tube in my stomach, and the doctor says, hey, it'll be half an hour. Ends up being two hours with no pain medication. It's like a guy with an ice pick in your stomach, digging around, moving around. I'm laying on my back screaming. Oh, I bet. Oh, my gosh, this is hurting. And I knocked out the doctor if I figured that helped. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who else are going to get in there, right? So it ain't going to be that. But it was, you know... Are you ready for some pain medication now? Well, how long until you're done with this? Well, about another 50. Oh, I'm almost done. Well, let's get her done. 15 minutes later, you want some pain medication? No, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? you're not done. No, it's like, let's get this going. But it's the attitude is I lay there on the table. It's like, this hurts. 
Yeah. Who's going to come in and save me? Right. Can I deal with this? Does God care? Yeah. Could I have passed out because of pain? I didn't. So obviously I need to go through that. There was something I needed to learn there. You know, when you fall down, find something down there to pick up when you get back up. Right. You know, there's there's reasons for all of this stuff. Or we can be the victim. You're right. We can cry about it, but what is that going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, the better thing is to believe in God, in my opinion. Yeah. And believe that he loves you and believe there's something good in this. And there's something to learn from it. And from that, it's going to work out. It'll work out. And it'll work it doesn't out mean just it, the way it's supposed to. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy physically no. or mentally. No, no. Right? No, and, you know, and I'll also say every one of us is a different chemistry set. Absolutely. You know, it, because I believe in God doesn't mean that somebody else believes in God. They'll have the exact same results. Right. They've got to work that out with themselves. Right. Hey, I'd say that's a great way to start. I fought my life, most of my life, without God in my life. Yeah. And I tried to fill a God-sized hole all the time in my life <clears throat> with whatever I thought that would make me happy and fill that hole. And most of it, as a matter of fact, all of it but God didn't fill that hole, and all of it but God didn't make me happy. Right. Does that mean that life's easier? Not always. But it's better. Yeah. I have something to have faith in and have hope in and and trust in. And then it works out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. I learned something from it. I learned the process. So, yeah, I'm in the middle of it still. Yeah. But, you know, it's learning how to chew again. It's learning how to eat again. It's learning how to swallow again. I mean, there's been times that... They says, yeah, four weeks and we'll pull the feeding tube. Well, after four weeks, they says, uh, you ain't swallowing right, dude. So if I pull the feeding tube, you ain't going to be able to eat enough. You'll drown yourself and probably give yourself an upper respiratory infection and get pneumonia and end up dying. So it's going to be another four weeks that we're going to have this feeding tube in you. I'm going, man, this sucker hurts and it's a pain and it's... It's not boy, even cool looking. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. And all the little kids look at you like, man, this dude's weird. <laughs> well, I am, but but it's no. So, it, yeah, there were setbacks on the way. And even though I've received blessings of healing, miraculous ones, right, and blessings of healings by God directing man's hands, I've experienced miracles in my life, tender mercies in my life, meeting you. I look at that as a tender mercy, being able to influence your boys and be around them at times. That's a tender mercy. That was good times. There was, that's great. I had so much fun teaching Kyler how to surf. Yeah. And I'm so proud every time I see him since. Yeah. Right? I've told him times, <clears throat> the only way I could be more proud of you is if I was your dad. <laughs> and that's the same as Caden. I've told them both that. And yeah. that is absolute stone-cold truth. They're great boys. Uh, because thank you. they're willing to learn, and they're willing to risk, and they're willing to have good influences and do hard stuff. Yeah. You know, wrestling ain't an easy sport. No. Nope. Right? Kyler did an awesome job there. You know, I experienced that too. There's some grit that you learn by being an athlete and doing stuff that's hard. Right. Doing anything that's hard is a good thing. 
It's a good preparation for life, right? Yeah, it is. So, you know, all in all, what comes of this? Just something I learned from. It's something that made me who I am. You know what, Chris? <clears throat> from the outside looking in, though, um, and I've always told my kids the same thing. It's like, you know, like, Dad, you know, this happened, and, you know, should I do this or I should do this? And, and a lot of times I just see one door. I'm like, well, that's not even an option over there, right? And I think that's how you were describing it. It's like, what, what option do I have? And a lot of us know the same thing, right? But at the same time, it's like you, you'll experience, why did this happen to me? Or I was on track and, and you know, I was in fifth gear. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing or whatever. Or or you can take the attitude, and that would be totally normal, especially with what you've been through, Chris. You could look at it and go, well, yeah, I fell down for five years, and then I've decided to stand up, and then the end of the story. But you know what? It was a daily commitment to become better today than you were yesterday. It was a daily commitment to set that example. It was that daily commitment to raise those standards. It was that attitude you know, it's like a flat tire. You're not going anywhere until you change it, right? And all those things were, it seemed like, come a little bit easier to you. Not saying it was easier, but you were just like, hey, there isn't another door. I'm a winner, and I'm going to choose this door. And so I think it's normal for that internal battle to go on. And 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 you're right. You said something about when you spend the time to figure out why this or this happened, you're not even going to get a free T-shirt. Focus on, you know, there's results or there's reasons, Right. And and you're like, look, to get the results, I'm going to listen to the medical professionals. But I think the inspiring thing is you handle it like you say, yeah, it, you know, it happened. It's, it sucks. It's a suck sandwich, dude. But I'm going to eat it because as fast as I eat it, I can then I can get mm-hmm. dessert. And it's such a great way to look at life because, look, being overweight hard, going to the gym every morning at 4 a.m. is hard. Right. Being financially free is hard. But. Making that, taking that risk and that jump and overcoming those fears or doing whatever it is to level up in that area is hard. Getting good grades is hard, but also flunking out and having to redo stuff is hard. It's like life is hard. Choose your mm-hmm. heart, right? Yep. And so when we really boil it down, it's like there's a lot of common sense things that say, man, instead of chasing the booby prize or figuring out why this happened to me or feeling bad for myself, even though it's okay to do that for a minute, right? But it's also okay to reach in and find that power within, whether it comes from your God, your creator. I mean, we were born with our with our grit. We were born with our worth, right? We just have to believe in ourselves enough to, and, and believe that we're worth it to do it. And I think that's the challenge and battle in life that we go through. And if someone ever feels like they're not enough, it's like, dude, you are. You know yeah. what I mean? If I could say anything, it's like you are. And, and, and your story is so inspiring. There's so many things you would rather have been doing Right. But look at the people that you affected or influenced. And there's probably something thousands and hundreds yeah. that you don't even know about just from that example. And it's like the day we we first met when you told me a story, it affected me and, and, and I made a change in my life. Right. And so I think the power within each of us, you know, we, we do hold the key that unlocks someone else's prison. And I think what you've gone through, dude, I got nothing but respect because I haven't gone through it. Right. I don't know what it's like. But I got a friend that does, and I appreciate you sharing yeah. some of that insight. You know, there's one thing that I'll share with you that I learned from my experiences being a runner in high school and in college is that 
All that running is is a controlled fall. Yeah, you're right. 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 Yeah, when you think about it. All that running is is a controlled fall. And the thing that I learned that when I would get tired, when I would run, I would tighten up and I would stand more upright. And Mm -hmm. I'd start to swing my arms across my chest. If I would open up my arms and I would lean forward consciously, I'm tired. So I'm leaning forward because now I've got to keep up with myself. Right. If I don't, I'm going to fall. All running is a controlled fall. And then sometimes you have to, well, for me, I had to consciously make a decision to do something that was uncomfortable. Right. I had to lean forward. I had to get outside my comfort zone to make it happen to be able to continue on. And, you know, to say I'm a survivor, it's hard for me to put that badge on my chest and say, hey, what else was I going to do? Right. Right. And it wasn't that I, you know, I pulled the sword out and says, let's go. It was, I kind of lived my life. And, yeah, I let the wind blow me, but I had some faith in that. I had faith in the doctors that I worked with. But I also had enough reality to know that doctors practice medicine. Some have more practice than others, <laughs> right? Right. And they're always practicing on us. Right. We have to be involved in that, whether it be health, whether it be anything in life. We can't just idly sit by and say, okay, do me, yeah. right? I'm, I'm just part of the flow. Can't do that. That's a good gonna point. Happen. We got to be involved. We got to get engaged. We got outside our comfort zone, right? You know, or or it just isn't going to happen. Yeah. Or it'll still happen. It'll just be somebody else's plan for you. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Sit back and go, "Well, I'm the victim." No, it was their fault. That's mm-hmm. another saying that I have: is we're the common denominator in everything that happens in our life. Mm-hmm. So. Everything that happens, you're part of what's going on there. Right. So you're not the victim. No. My son said to me, well, Dad, people don't want to choose to be in a tornado. Well, they chose to live in a place where tornadoes happen. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's it's that simple, but it's not that simple. Right. But it, it is. And reasons don't matter. I heard you say that. The reasons don't matter. It's just results. It's Right. What are you working to make happen? And, you know, sometimes don't work out. Things don't always work out the way you try to make them. Right. That doesn't mean you're a failure. No. What'd you learn? means you got more you experience. Learn? You know, and and with, with God, you know, God's got a plan for us. We've got a reason to be here. And your reason is different than my reason. You can learn different stuff, and I need to learn different stuff. And when I start to go, well, shoot, you got this, I don't got that, well, there's a problem there. No, the problem is me. The problem is in my eye because I'm trying to think what you got or what you got going on would be best for me. No, God's got a better plan than that. Right. And And it's individual. And it is. It is. (laughs) Can we help each other? I, I, I have a little saying that I have written on the board in my office. It says, God doesn't always give us the things that we want, but he'll always put the people in our life that we need. Yeah, that's so true. And it's and it's exact reason why we're doing what we're doing and sharing this story, yeah. right? Yeah. That hopefully it gives somebody a little bit of, of hope, yeah. right? 
yep. or, or inspiration. Yep. So, and that's true. I mean, you, you'd be, I'd be times in my life where I'm struggling and you hear one thing at someone's story that, that was brave enough to put it out there and it, and it's all it took, right? Or somebody's example. And it's, I, we each have an individual plan. God does have his, his plan for each of us. You can't do copy and paste and do me too, right? Because we are individuals. There's mm-hmm. not another Chris Cusay on this planet, no. right? And never have been, never will be. No, out of all the people, right? Think about it. You're unique, bro. And, and Google search it. Mine's that. I'm the only person that's ever had this name on the face <laughs> of the planet ever in history. Spelled the way it is. Spelled the way it is. Right. That's right. And you know what? Being unique, and all of us are, unique equals value, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. it's just what it yeah. is. And so the best way, I think that's why it's good to communicate and share these stories. Some of the best stories are the ones that have never been told. And I'm appreciative that you came on and, and, and wanted to share this part of your life because that's how we can learn from someone else. And and help. it helps us with our internalize our own thoughts and maybe our own attitude. And every once in a while, we just got to update our own expectations. And it's healthy to do that. You know, sometimes it takes getting hit by a truck for mm-hmm. me, right? And and once you get hit by the truck and it goes past, you start doing a self-evaluation, right? And figuring it out. So there's a lot of power in that. No reason to quit until it's over. Right. And, you know, it's just give another shot. Get up, try again. That, you know, it learn something from the process. Believe that God loves you. And you know, the other one that I would say is when you need help, be humble enough to reach out, ask somebody for some help. Yeah. And it's not help do something for me that I can't do for myself. I need some help because this is beyond my reach. And I'll say, you know, again, I'll get spiritual on you. That's what God does. That's what Christ does for you. They won't do anything that you can do for yourself. Yeah. But man, when you give it all that you got, everything you can, and then you reach out for help, oh, they're there in a heartbeat. Yeah. They really are. But that might not look like what you're looking for. Might not look the way we think it should look. Yeah, yeah. So again, we have to humble ourselves. Yeah. And and be willing to just go. You know, have some faith. God can't steer a parked car, right? You know, it's like get moving. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think that I've learned in life is is that you got to be moving. And you stand still for too long, and you're going to get taken out. Yeah. Motion, yeah. motion, physical motion equals emotion. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. does. You do got to be Even if you're moving the wrong direction, yeah. sometimes it's good to be moving. Yeah. Well, it's even what the doctor said to me. Movement's going to help everything. Yeah. Do something. Yep. Do something. I haven't heard people that do something even that's wrong. Movement. Get, yep. get going. Get going. Get going. But to sit around and try to analyze things and figure out, well, why, well, why, well, why again? That's the booby prize. Yeah. It don't matter. Motion. And you'll learn as you move. And you know what? You'll find a few people along the way that are having the same struggles or people that have had successes in those areas. But you got to go find them. They ain't looking for you. They're too busy doing something else. Yeah. And you know what? It will. They will be put in your path if you get up and go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you'll find them. Mm-hmm. God will put those people in your tent. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> you, yes, you, you will. <laughs> you will put those people in your tent <laughs> that that are that are older that, that we stand we stay up all night talking like the freaking twelve year olds that we're telling to go to bed. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that story with us and sharing just your attitude. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to share? That I mean, your attitude. That's where it's at for me, man. Just your outlook on life, well, your love for God, well, and the fact that you believe you deserve God's love is so important, right, with with what you were going through. Yep, yeah. You know, I guess the, the last thing that I would share just along the, the process of that is is that, you know, if I'd have died in the process, I'd have just been in a better place. Right. If I hadn't woke up from that surgery with... You know, bone taken out of my leg and shoved in my mouth here. If I hadn't woke up, that'd have been okay. Why did we spend so much time trying to be here when we could be somewhere else? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying put a gun in your mouth and be done with it. What I'm saying is, is that things work out. Things will always work out. The way they'll they're... always work out the way they're supposed to. Yeah. They will. And God loves us. And if we'll trust him, it'll work. Life's out. better. Yeah. Life is better. But you know, I yeah, that's what I'd say. I just I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for the influence you've had in my life. You know, but hey, it's all about God. Yeah, and that's that's where the true joy is for me. Yeah, you know, I've chased the rainbow. And everything under the rainbow. And until I surrendered my will to God and was willing to put my hands up and say, okay, okay, I'm good. Just, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be moving. I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm just trusting you to get me where I need to be. And whatever that means that you want me to do for you, I'm there for that too. But once I've made that change in my life, that it wasn't about me, because some of the biggest problems I've had in my life is unrealized expectations, things that I thought that I deserved and earned. And some of those things I did deserve and earn. But, you know, the illustration that you've seen me do, it's like, man, I've spent hours of yeah. my life doing this kind of thing, right? Yeah, trying and to grab it. because I can't get a hold of that finger. It's like a day gum, it's just right there. Yeah. But that unrealized expectation has messed me up. And when I have chased what I want, yeah. rather than willing to be grateful for what God has provided me, opportunities to become, to things to experience, people's influence in my life and my ability to influence others, I haven't had more joy in my life until... That, that decision. That's and good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I would and say that, that I want people to know about me is is that I love God. I know he loves me. Yeah. And I'm willing to play whatever position he wants me to play. And the, that's awesome. And the powerful thing is is it's what you know. Nobody can take it away yep. from you. All those things yep. that are priceless. You, nobody can take them from you. Yep. So yeah. I appreciate you sp sharing what you know and what you've lived through and what helped. And in conclusion, 
You know, Neckroots is all about remembering your roots. And Chris, what? Why do you think it's important to you? I pose the question. Why do you think it's important to you to to remember your roots? You know, because if I'm not who I am, really deep down inside the authentic me, who I am, I'm just trying to be somebody else. Yeah. And if I was trying the best of my life, everything that I could to be you, I would just be a poor imitation of you. Right. Right. No matter how hard I tried, I would just be a poor copy of you. But, <clears throat> boy, remember where I come from, you know, I had good parents. They had good parents. It comes right down to I'm a son of God. Yeah. I'm a son of God. And nothing else is more important than that. Yeah, I can try to feed the natural man and all the stuff that he wants. I'm a son of God, yeah. and he loves me and wants his best for me. And you know what? He's got a picture of me in his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He's got the good side of, of, of the face, a picture in your wallet. And you know what? You're right. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Those are your roots. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, we make life too complicated. I've made life too complicated. I think that we as men, that's part of the process. You know, we want, we want, we want, we want. And it's not about just, it's not about just surrendering and going, okay, whatever the crap that you want to give me, I'm just going to live a crappy life. That's not what I'm saying. But it's being willing to not hate God because you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah. You know, as I said it, that tell me a better way to look at this. Am I supposed to be mad at God because I got a tobacco offer using cancer? Am I supposed to be mad at God because it came back a second time? Am I supposed to be mad at God because they had to take a piece of bone out of my leg and put it in my mouth? Am I supposed to be mad at God because I've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to have all that kind of stuff done? Yeah. Or should I be grateful? Well, how can you be grateful for all that kind of crap? Well, it's hard to be. But when I look at it, he loves me and it's a gift. I don't remember the scripture. I'm not that guy. But, hey, if you ask your dad for a fish, he ain't going to give you a stone. Right. And a, and a dad that's imperfect isn't going to do that. What would God give you if you asked him for a fish? Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's going to take a stone up against the head because I'm that <laughs> thick, right? Right. And maybe it's that I'm going Mach 4 with my hair on fire trying to create and do something that wasn't best for me. And I have a loving God that says, dude, hey, yeah. slow down, tiger, yeah. because you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. Right. You know, and I also believe in agency. I don't believe that stuff happens in our life. I think we are part of that decision-making process. I agree. I don't think that, you know, God stands up for man's agency as the number one, number one, number one thing, right? Yep. So we chose this. And I don't know if 
I was sitting with angels in heaven going, oh, yeah, man, give me cancer and do this, do this, do this. And I'm a tough guy. I can handle this. And I'm sure they're going, dude, really? Are you sure you know what you're signing up for? I don't know. We but don't. I know I ain't a victim. Yeah. And I that's the most powerful thing in the world. And you know what? You're not a, you, you don't have that attitude as a victim. And it could go both ways, especially nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's me. Okay. I appreciate you coming on and sharing, Chris. It's been it's been enlightening for me and I've known you for a long time and I've I've been through this process with you. Yeah. But I appreciate you opening up and sharing because it's important and it'll help other people and you know, we can kind of take yeah. on that attitude and help us redirect and recourse our life wherever we need to and make that daily commitment, right? To change our attitude for the better, no matter what happens. You know, we are we have those cards in our hands, and I was playing cards at your house, and you helped me. You helped me. You helped me. Options. Yeah, you helped me see what my options were yeah, right. with the cards in my hands. But, I mean, we are dealt those cards, but it's how we play them that really makes yeah. a difference, right? Yeah. And I had to lean on a friend during that game to help me play my cards. Right. But whatever it takes. And so, hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the story. And we appreciate Chris for coming on and sharing it with us. And, uh Make sure to share and like and get this video out, man. It'll help somebody. If it's not for you, it's going to be for somebody else because it's good stuff. It's raw, it's real, and it's needed, right? So let's spread that hope and let's get this message out there. And, you know, thanks, everybody. Yep. Bless up. <laughs>